0: Welcome to Telling It Like It Is. I'm your host, Matt, the Godfather Ely.
1: And I'm back this weekend with Zara on this weekend. And I'm Madeline Ely joining y'all here today.
0: Yes. Finally, Maddie joins the panel. She usually (laughs) does our social media. My first born daughter and i'm glad to have her on the show uh it's usually behind the scenes now she's making her uh, radio debut
2: and since our topic this weekend is actually in social media it makes sense that she's actually joining us for our social media topic and see her thoughts on our topic Be for able today.
1: to give the perspective of a digital native
0: yeah mm-hmm. you were born into the digital era mm-hmm. yeah um we uh, uh we all went to see uh, Black Klansmen last night, the new Spike Lee movie, and uh, it was I liked it. I thought it was pretty good.
2: Yeah, it was funny. I mean, it covers you know some of the I think the gap or like the disparity between like what black liberation actually means because it's still pretty um, important to discuss that today. Um, also, thought it was funny. You brought this up last night, Maddie, on like. Social talk about social media and what you saw yesterday pertaining to this. Yeah, movie. right
1: before, right before we went to go see it. Actually, we were getting ready, and I was scrolling through Twitter, and there was somebody who tweeted um, that they had gone to see it in LA, and as they were watching it, white people started to actually like get up and leave the theater because they were, like, I guess they were like scoffing on their way out because they were uncomfortable with what was being presented in the movie, because it's
2: uncomfortable to be talked I, about I, well this is what i'm trying to understand so I,
0: you know I, I remember you mentioning that and after seeing the movie like what exactly was it that made them get up because, yeah, because i'm I'm like it wasn't anything What, like what did you expect to see it
1: wasn't even like dry racism it was it was people who are obviously very on the like far end of the spectrum like blatantly racist so i don't mm-hmm. understand why you would be uncomfortable with that if you really truly believe that you were not racist
0: yeah um I thought it was good. Um I thought that uh John David Washington did did well. I'm so used to only the only thing I've ever seen him in was uh Ballers. So um yeah, you know, I am so used to seeing him play uh, you know no, an NFL player. Mm-hmm. And um opposite the Rock and he plays that role really well, but prior to that his you know, he that was what he was. He played football and I think he even play, got selected but never activated maybe on a pro team and a lot of people anybody who doesn't know he's denzel's son um so obviously some big shoes to fill there but the one thing that i noticed with him so i felt like the whole movie he was talking in white voice quote unquote (laughs) like 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 and he was doing it on purpose and it made sense to me because I don't know if you guys remember. I and a lot of you of the listeners who follow me on social media saw I made a post uh, a few weeks ago about me forgetting to use my white voice. <laughs> now, or
2: no, or that you're failing to sound. I was like failing. A white yes, person. I failed. It was,
0: I wasn't doing well at it, and um, it it and it started a discussion because some people yeah. were like, "Well, what's that? What does that mean?" And I'm like, "Well." sometimes when you talk on the phone if someone thinks that you are a black person on the other end they tend to treat you differently and it happens and in that particular situation it did happen yeah i was calling to rent a boat upstate and the guy immediately told me they were all out of boats even though we had inquired earlier and they said there were some so i five minutes later have my sister-in-law who's white sounds very white and upstate call and of course the boats are available it was uh so it was funny because watching this movie um i don't want to spoil too much for of the movie for people i've seen it but you know the plot of the movie he's a cop is based on a true story uh, about ron stalworth um so from the jump when he walks in and he's he's talking to these cops or, or from applying for the job it's like he's talking in white voice <laughs> and uh so I just that was like one of the things that I picked up on through uh
2: and it was it was discussed throughout the movie actually you know the whole concept of like how do you sound white how do you sound more black or you know as he calls or or a jive language right in terms of like the racist context of it
0: yeah and it was funny how so much of the obvious like racism that exists uh you know it, it, they, they displayed it how it was People were openly racist to a certain degree, especially in scenarios where you're the first black police officer. And um, you know, anybody who's had been someone or had someone in their family who was the first or entered law enforcement or the fire department or any any organization at a time when there were no black folks or people of color and they were the first, they'll tell you some stories. My uncle's definitely told me some um but yeah there was a you know they portray that
2: yeah and that whole concept of like are you so you being the only black or any poc for any type of profession or whatever does not mean that you're betraying your own peoples if you are the only one or are you breaking barriers which is the case for many people who played sports and you know all throughout history the context of like how at first you'll be pitted as like like for example, in the history of basketball here in the U.S., you have like the Jews were the ones who were seen as like they're genetically the fit ones, and then after the Jews came, it was like, oh, okay, now you have the blacks; they're the ones who're genetically more athletic and also funny and all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So how does that? So I thought that was also kind of interesting to play that out, um, you know, in that film. Yeah, and yeah, so. Yeah. But we won't spoil it too much.
0: Yeah, we, we, we won't. <laughs> and uh, they did, They you know, there was a lot of the discussion of people passing. Everybody, as everybody, and once again, not spoiling anything. It's in the trailer. Adam Driver is his partner, and he's Jewish. It, 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 um, and I thought it was funny because we, he Adam Driver looks <laughs> like, when you look at him, you're like, that guy looks Jewish. And it was funny because the point was raised. And yes. I haven't seen the picture of what his the person his character was in real life looked like yeah i've seen the guy i know what ron starworth in real life looks like so uh, um i want to go see and look how close uh the resemblance is
2: and how was he able to pass with the kkk
0: yeah (laughs) yeah anyway good movie i suggest go seeing it um i would say also one thing i want to point out i noticed with the movie was that Spike Lee, you know, most directors have their signature style, and me as a as a cinematographer, director, media person myself, I admire that those characteristics about um, directors. This movie, cinematically, was not like most. You didn't see Spike Lee's signature um, techniques until like later in the movie. Yeah, there's a part where Harry Belafonte has an appearance in the in the movie and that's when you i i felt like that was the first time i started to feel like oh this is a spike lee joint this is where you feel it um but yeah so go see it if you haven't seen it yet
2: okay so, starting with our show today, right? Interestingly enough, I was just kind of browsing. Um, they did talk, So, the, actually, talk about the movie. It also links it to the most recent case on, like, the whole hate, um, what is that called? The protest that happened last year in Charlottesville, oh, Virginia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was also sort of covered there. And I thought what was very interesting with that and to talk about our topic for today in context of media is it does actually got, a lot of um, you know, a lot of media coverage, you know, this past year, um, and kind of like linking that. How is that relevant to, of course, the current president of the U.S. today? Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that look like in terms of how that gets, you know, spread out? Um, so yeah, so in the Time magazine, they recently had like a collection of different, you know, photographs and things that happened within that, and the I think the whole point of um, even from the film is that concept that you still have a lot of this like hate issue um that's still coming up today. How does that look like in pitting the different groups, right? And how does that play out in, you know, what we're talking about today in terms of media? So mm.
0: Mm. yeah, yeah. Well, uh today's topic is social media. The one plus one equals two social media. What is social media? Websites and applications that enable users to create and share content or to participate in social networking. That is the one plus one equals two. That's the textbook definition of social media. And we live, you know, I feel like those of us who are 80s babies and... Social media really kind of started when we were young. Like I, the first thing I remember was U.S. Videotel, and it was it was like this laptop you could get from Sprint, and they would send it to your house, and you plug it in through your phone line, and they had an application called Yak, and it was like the first like consumer level chat room that people could have in their houses, and you could go on Yak and you could like chat with other people. And I think that was in like maybe 1990, 91. Early 90s. Yeah, yeah. early 90s. And then that kind of like phased out until the mid-90s when AOL came out. In the,
2: well, prior to AOL, you had Prodigy. So there was Prodigy. like the early, yeah, there was the early form of internet connection at that time. Um, and I remember having it when we first came here. That was like in the early 90s. And then... I think they got phased out because AOL had the ability to do the chat rooms. I don't know if you remember that. You had your aim. <laughs> we all had our aim. Well,
0: I didn't have one when it first came out. <laughs> but, like, I remember this, one of the rich kids we that lived in Pecan Grove was the first. He had it. And we he had a computer. We went to his house and we we're like, oh, this is cool. And then I think within, you know, the rapid growth of computers, how in computer is, within, like, two years, more and more people started having... Computers, and I remember my cousin Duran got his his mom had a computer for work, Mm. and we got one of those discs Remember the little CD disc? You talk
2: about the floppy or the three point five? The it was the the three point five is a smaller. You're right. It was a three point five. So there's the big one, which is a five. Before (laughs) they started sending (laughs) out the CD
0: ROMs, they would mail the three point five. I forgot about that. Yeah, they mailed a three point five disc, and we entered. We went through. We were all so man. Me, me. We spent like four hours setting that shit up with his mom, I remember. And then you had to wait for it to dial and connect and like, and yeah, just for chat rooms.
2: Well, I remember my earliest experience with any type of, you know, because with social media is anything that's computer generated or, or facilitated. But I remember when they had IRC which was ran in MS-DOS. And so you had to sign on and, and load it and all of that stuff, but then you can talk to different people. I remember talking to people from you know, different states. I talked to people from Texas at that time. I was telling you, I still find this girl in Facebook now. Um, but they had that as like a form of chat room before AIM actually started. So when AIM started, then you had the different chat rooms, which was based on people's interest, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the, con- the concept of you know, the creation of the early form of social media is that yes, you are socializing, based on whatever interest and all those things then of course as time goes by it was like oh, okay what else can we use this for so dating also starts coming in so mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember it was like this interest-based race-based type of dating that they would have so they'll have asian avenue they'll have i think was it black planet or something like yeah that? black planet <laughs> so
0: i think black planet was the first of what's similar to what our our social media platforms are now right like, Black Planet was the first that I remember where you make a profile and you put your picture and you have your little like, right. buttons and stuff.
2: And you connect with, you know, other people within the same community.
0: Actually, I'm lying. I had a profile on Yahoo, too, I think back in, like, 2000. And, like, 99, 2000, I had a, uh, yeah, you can make a profile on on um, Yahoo, and it was similar but you didn't have like like it wasn't like friend request you know it wasn't like the way
2: like facebook kind of functions or even Snapchat yeah requesting
0: for me the, the first social media site where i really got into was myspace and that was probably like uh 2005.
2: which is like a precursor to something similar to a facebook yeah yeah
0: well I think they came out at the same time, but, at the, but Facebook, when it originated, was only for college, it was students.
1: Only college students. It was yeah. at one particular right. college, and then it grew to all college students, but you had to use a college email to do it. And so um, eventually it grew to be public for everybody, mm-hmm. and it began to pick up speed, and now it's kind of like MySpace has become obsolete, whereas Facebook's the big one now.
0: Yeah, Facebook, yeah. I would say, was about 2008. Where Facebook kind of eclipsed MySpace. And then by, uh, I'm trying to remember when I stopped actively, I stopped actively using my, my MySpace. Like on a daily basis, probably by 2009, I'd say.
2: Right. And I think a big part of it is also the the evolution for cell phones. So when apps starts coming in, then it became more accessible for people. Because for us to, like at that time when we were using this, you know, different forms, you would have to sign on on the computer. You would have to be in front of the computer and spend your time actually doing all of that. Before you can you know start chatting with people, but the thing is with phones also changing over time, then you have you know the different apps that supports those different um, avenues that you have or a different format that you have. So whether that be Facebook, whether that be you know whatever Snapchat that they you know that we do use now. All of those things were supported by your cell phone, and so it makes it easier and accessible for people um, to actually use. But one of the things that I thought was always very interesting in terms of, and this is just me and like thinking as a as an educator, is you know the concept of how much time like do young people actually spend time on social media, and then how much time like you know, and and I I think I was talking to Matt about this, you know, in in terms of like teenagers and like. You know, bullying and all of that and how all of those things also evolve yeah, right it's
1: very normalized now like you don't even think of it as bullying because it's just so commonplace for people to say like <clears throat> especially on twitter it's mm-hmm. very present it's pretty normal for people to say really mean things to like strangers mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like for comedic value yeah so you don't even think about it when you see it
2: Yeah. And I think it's like it gets lost that like, oh, shoot, there's actual people who are, Mm -hmm. you know, who actually owns this account and you're like, all right, this person posted this and like, I hate you kind of thing. And that kind of goes on. Um, whereas, like, when we were younger, when we were in high school, the concept of bullying stops when you go to school, right? And then now it's like, okay, and you know, in a high school setting, now we're, you know, thinking about, like, how to investigate this. In my school, we would have to constantly investigate the students' profiles. So I even have my own, as a teacher, I have my own um my own Facebook account my snapchat account just particularly for students because I'm always thinking about okay so how do I get in touch with my students how do I see like what they're doing kind of thing um, or if they're cutting my class or if they're missing him for a few days like how do just I track them my students exactly I'm like <laughs> what you mean you're doing your hair right now you should have been in class you know that kind of thing so so yes yeah, so I think those things kind of evolved um and I'm always wondering, because when we think about, like, you know, like, the, going back to, like, the whole bullying cases, whereas, like, people committing, like, does it really, and they have a lot of mm-hmm. films that kind of comes up with this, thing. Like, do really people, like, because people take this thing seriously, that they commit suicide or whatever, like, it comes into, like, there's studies that has to do with, like, mental health and, like, social media and stuff, so.
1: I haven't heard about one of those in a while, but I remember it was probably a span of a couple years where it seemed like there was a lot of kids committing suicide from being bullied online yeah
2: there was like i think it was in the two thousand, like early probably
1: late 2000s i would yeah. say
0: the thing is for with social media like one of the one, a good topic of discussion is people about like what age should kids even be allowed to have social media at? like an I mean, account
1: that it they don't let you below 13 for a reason like i remember being like nine and wanting like you know myspace <laughs> facebook all that because that's like what it i would say fifth grade is when everybody started making those and that was like uh-huh. the cool thing to do to keep in touch and play games or whatever but in retrospect and even if i had kids like yeah i pretty much get now why kids aren't allowed on it
0: mm-hmm. um so i had talked to uh, we had did a story on this and i talked with a, a guidance counselor mm-hmm. he was a middle school guidance counselor and he was saying you know i don't think Kids should even have smartphones Mm. until they're Mm. at least 14 at minimum, and probably shouldn't have social media sites until they're like 16. And I I agree with them. I'm like, you know, it's because the lack of maturity, and even a a mature kid is still immature. There's still there's only a certain level of maturity (laughs) exactly.
1: I would say just because it's so commonplace for us to use social media to stay in touch with each other now. It's one thing to have a social media account, but I would say it's, it's, um would probably be more appropriate for a parent to constantly monitor what their child is doing right. up until they're a certain age. like uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so I thought, I mean, it's always
2: pretty hard because I talk to parents a lot about this, right? And it's majority of the time, kids or, or, or young people, not only do they have more access to it, but no more. Like, I always ask my students, like, how do I use this? Or, like, if I want to load something at work. Like, they know more than I do because that's their generation. That's what they know. So yeah. even as a parent, like, think about, like, parenting, right? Like, to even, like, think about monitoring it. Like, are you really able to do that effectively? And how so Without in, in terms of your own access? Yeah, because yeah. it's like, I don't know. I just got my own Snapchat account. Like, this year, my students are telling me yeah, how to yeah, use yeah, it, you know? Yeah, there are
1: ways to bypass being monitored, I will say. Like, yeah. if you're not familiar with the platform completely yeah but i would say it would you just got to do your best job with it
0: i think that's where it comes into allowing kids to have personal emails and stuff like that it's you know if i know i had set up emails for the kids a while back but i monitored it like i have access to the to the, um, like you
2: have their passwords and everything. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay. Like so it wasn't there there was no they weren't getting on it without me knowing.
2: But once they figure out how to really use it, to what extent can you really monitor it? Because if they do realize, oh shoot, I can actually create my own account. I don't have to be under that. Oh, I, mean, I mean we that, don't have to be in the
1: same I mean, room that's, dad. That's just the
0: reality with <laughs> you know? the part teenagers will do stuff like that, but <laughs> they have to work hard to for that to happen. Um I consider myself to be a pretty technologically in tune person like mm. I be working in the field however my age is starting a show because like now there's so many platforms like Snapchat for instance I have one but I barely use, the, when I use it it's the only time I'm with the kids I don't know how many times they've That's tried right. to show me how to use this thing and to me I usually get cap you know I usually end up just sitting there playing with the filters because <laughs> I think I find it, it's amusing to me but uh, I just it's like too much I'm like I, I, I don't I, I Facebook is the only one that I probably check daily. That That's the only one that I interact with daily,
2: which is more for our age. And then Instagram <laughs> yeah. would be
0: Instagram would be second after that. Um, what other social media do I use? Twitter. I suck at Twitter. I need to get be better about it considering the field that I'm in.
1: Yeah, it's just definitely the age thing because it seems like people my age are more into Snapchat and Twitter. Like those are the two main ones. And then Facebook
2: is for old people.
1: There's very (laughs) few people my age who still use Facebook. And when we do, we even say like, we just mainly do it for family. And that's usually why I do it is because I have family members who still use it. Hmm.
2: Which is so that I, you know, I find very interesting. I actually kept up with my Facebook as well as, you know, for family. And I remember this is part of like one of the shows that we did uh, with, with my organization outside. And we... Also, so thinking about social media and how much that actually helped out in terms of keeping families together. So in, like, in the immigrant community, for example, um, it's very common for people to follow each other, the family members to follow each other. You see your own. So if you're a mother who had left the country at a young, you know, whatever, you left your child at a young age, the way you see them grow up, growing up is actually in social media. Mm-hmm. So that also transformed how like families also keep themselves together because, you know. You can't reunite with them for some time or whatever. Um, But I thought that was also very interesting to see where it's like you have children who's like a product of like, you know, Skype or whatever kind of like means that you use. And I think that's still, you know, like sort of really important to, you know, to many, um, many families today.
0: I mean, I would say with my family, um, Facebook. So when my parents died, you know, when we moved my parents moved to Texas. I was like four years old. And back then, uh, a long-distance phone call costs a lot of money. And my parents didn't have a lot of money. So it was very hard to keep in touch with many people. And after my parents died, uh, you know, we we moved back up to New York. But I was upstate. And I had lost touch with a lot of my father's family. The only people I was really in touch with in my dad's family was my uncle and my aunt, my dad's brother. And, you know, they are older, too. So they... They would mention people, and they would mention like, and they would say, "Hey, take this person's email or whatever." But I'm like, I'm ADD. Like, if you give me a, a relative's email who I haven't seen in years, I'm not gonna remember to just email them out the blue. I just, it's not my style. Mm-hmm. So what had happened was I finally convinced Uncle Carl, who's been on the show for, before, my Uncle Carl, shout out to Uncle Carl. Um, he, um, I convinced him and Aunt Neve to make a Facebook page, and they because they had already been using email for their own business so they and uncle carl was an engineer so he he was technologically savvy Mm -hmm. so they had been using email for a while and collecting everybody's email addresses and whatnot so you know when you first make the facebook page it Mm -hmm. does that scan where it automatically scans your email and and sends requests to everybody who who you, who, who Mm -hmm. you are is in your email that already has friend who who has facebook Facebook. Mm -hmm. so when that happened it connected them with many other family members who had facebook pages already and because of that there's family members uh, that were looking for that were trying to connect with us and hadn't but they connected with us because of facebook right and and facebook i gotta say it really did it's almost like a commercial reconnected (laughs) us with our family that we hadn't seen in years and my younger sister that that had had never met them and and facebook is what put us all in contact with each other again and now we're all really close so and that's been like 10 years now so it's it's uh it does you know you right to 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 sell to add to your point like yeah all right from experience that's it's true it helps a lot of families stay connected
2: Mm -hmm. and then beyond the families you have like old friends that you probably had that you can start connecting with. Like, you could be in another country be like, oh, shoot, like, this person actually lives not too far from me. And you figure that out, like, by playing with, you know, Facebook or whatever and start browsing, like, who are the other people who's connected to me or, you know, where are they right now? Um, so I think, yeah, I think that happened, you know, all throughout the last few years. Like, I would find people... Um, and you know, and also family members who I haven't been in touch with for a while, and that's the only way you can kind of keep up. And like once once you put in your own little story, your own pictures, it's like, oh okay, that's how people can stay connected. So when you see them, they would even bring up, oh shoot, yeah, I saw those pictures that you posted about, blah blah blah, and it becomes like that, sort of like that connecting point or that discussion that you guys have, as if you guys weren't really you know apart for some time. So I thought that was always very um, interesting in terms of, and it's not just with families; there are also. I guess, long distance relationships that actually exist through the use of, you know, social media, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and um, it's funny, talking about staying connected, how about, on the flip side, it causing people to, like, <laughs> yes! end relationships? Ooh. Yeah. You know, it's like, like you see it happen, like, I you know, I've said this numerous, I don't know how many times, I don't block people on Facebook, because i I disagree with them or whatever the only way i'm blocking you is if you pose a threat to the security of me or my family or if i don't
2: want to talk to you at all yeah or you're getting blocked even then
0: me i'm so egotistical you're gonna have to block me (laughs) (laughs) i don't care you can sit there and watch me for all i care i might i'll unfollow you like i won't follow your post i won't see your post but um yeah i don't block people because i disagree with them or have different political abuse for a number of reasons for a number of reasons i don't do that but there's some people that do and they do it to a point where it, it i'm all i'm almost like is this healthy is this healthy this i, I i'm a, i have to break this down in a couple of seconds i'm gonna just start this with saying i gotta break this down in a couple of points is it healthy a in one way you i feel like back in the day people had different opinions but because They weren't all up in your face like you might have a debate with somebody at the bar or at a social gathering. You had a family get together and you might have a debate Mm -hmm. or whatever or even your friends. But usually you move past it. You you go you get a drink whether it's done. a co-worker whether it's a family member you get you you, you kind of forget it you like know it's an underlying theme about that person but you don't think about it as much and you guys move on and you stay more focused on the things you have in common with that person than the things you don't and that's why people stay friends with certain people for mm-hmm. so long we're with social media everything is in your face constantly like people wake up they see something, I feel this, I'm going to post it. I'm going to mm. post my thoughts. I'm going to post my thoughts about this, that, and the other. And I think what happens is because it's constantly in your face and people see it, yeah. and people are more like, you know what? You're, this, you're a racist asshole. <laughs> Fuck you. I want nothing to do with you. Or whatever the other way. Like it's so in that regard, maybe, you know, maybe sometimes people are, Ending relationships that didn't need to be ended because of or wouldn't have ended in a time when social media didn't exist because these types of differences were not as in your face.
2: Or, that I think, or the
0: focus of your interaction with that person
2: right? so there's a couple of aspects so one I do find there are people that really do spend a lot of time like responding to stuff like they get a kick out of just like you know whatever Facebook or whatever sort of like media or social media war that they do and, and you know as much as like some people like to hear themselves talk it's the same concept they like to hear their posts basically right and have other people kind of feed into it and all of that and have this back and forth but I think There are also some people that just, I mean, same way that you're like, man, I want to hide from people who just talks about the same crap or negative shit all the time. You're like, this person is basically using social media or Facebook or whatever is it that they're using as like a form of therapy and (laughs) you and I talked a lot about this in terms of like etiquette do you constantly have to put your business out there when you're in a social media or like to what extent do you share what like for me I love using it for like I said yeah keeping in touch with family and certain friends or whatever and then that would be the end of it um I limit myself in like, engaging with certain people when it comes to Facebook or whatever because I, I just think that same way that if I see you in person, I'm like, there's really no sense of talking to you right now. So I kind of like I ch- pick and choose how I respond to people because usually what winds up happening is when I do respond, they're like, that's it. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> that's the end of it. So I feel like... I don't know. There are some people that just really use it. So there are people that use it as like this form of therapy. I'm going to vent and talk about myself, about A, B, and C. This is my entire life in social media. Please either feel sorry for me or agree with me or whatever. And then you have some people that like really do seek validation through social media. It's like I'm going to put all these pictures up or whatever. And I want to see how many people either like it or respond to it, which... I've seen a lot more, that whole concept, I've seen a lot more with like younger people, for example. And I find it interesting when I sort of like monitor my own students and their take on it and like the whole discussion about it. And I'm like, how do you guys find it to be like a thing for you to have to
1: constantly wait for people to respond? They've actually done studies and found that like when you get likes, when you get views or whatever, whatever the form of um, acknowledgement on the social platform is, those likes um, cause dopamine mm. in your brain, so it causes um, a sense of.
2: <laughs> is
1: it like the same? Is it like the
2: same excitement that you get when you get like I don't know no, I really, something yeah, you like? No, yeah, it
0: releases dopamine in your brain, and you, you, like that yeah, excitement. you get excitement. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you're like it's like
2: yes, hundred people. Somebody like likes me. Picture. Someone commented. Yeah. Yeah as if it's real and there's
0: <laughs> adverse and some people have the adverse effect when you post something and nobody responds like oh nobody cares <laughs> nobody about what i have it. to say um no you're right that, it, there happens and it's we're and unfortunately and i'm and i'll admit that i i think i've talked about this before when we did technology like i ha, ha, for, have formed addictions to my phone like i, I without it yeah well i've been thinking about it sometimes we just pick up my phone and start looking at my facebook and i'm like what am i like I'm. I'm not even constantly doing this at the moment. Like if I have idle time, my my knee, my knee jerk reaction, my or not knee jerk. That's incorrect. But just my natural reaction, like autopilot mode, is to pick up my phone and open my social media to open Facebook and scroll.
2: Or if you don't have anything to do, it was like a go to thing. And I I was sharing this with Maddie the other day when we were talking about different phones, right? Talk about like evolutions of phones and we're talking about blackberry and i was like for some time i had blackberry and my students were like miss you gotta go update your phone (laughs) and then finally when i did update it i finally got iphone 4 at that time and i was constantly on my phone i guess i was like oh i'm playing with a new toy and all my students was like miss you change (laughs) you change after you got your phone. It's like you're not. You mean you're not paying attention to us? You're on your phone.
0: <laughs> no, it is. And then I saw this article that, um recently this week that was saying how like parents that are addicted to their cell phones like it causes their kids to be depressed or something. I was like, oh man, no. this is crazy. But yeah, I mean, it it, it is. Um, back to my original point though part two of why it's unhealthy people who block people for instance like there's like this false sense of power in people's minds when it comes to blocking people and to me i'm like if you have minimized where your power lies to Being able to block somebody on social media, we're doomed. Like I just, people are like, like I see people post these these rants about these long posts about, and so I think there might be like copy and paste because I've seen like mimic one. Like if you do this, blocked. You do that, blocked. This you gonna feel this block. Like, like, (laughs) like. like, What do you think? You what? What do you you think you're accomplishing something by blocking somebody? And and you'll hear people like I'll see these people constantly like I blocked this person today. I blocked that person. And I'm like, what do you think you accomplished by like it's to the point where you feel the need to brag about it or talk about it. That means in your mind to me you feel like you are doing something.
2: You mean you don't block your access?
0: By blocking somebody. <laughs> <It's> so- <laughs> uh I, like I said, I'll block somebody if they pose a threat to my security or my family's security. Like, if I think you're spying on me and I don't want you knowing my business, then I'll block you. Or if I think you, you know, if, if I don't want you knowing my business, if you're someone that I don't want to know my business because I feel like you pose a threat to me or my family, then I'm going to block you. Other than that, I don't got time to block people. Like, you can block. Like, it be, be based on what I was just saying, so for my own amusement, what I do is when I get I have so many friends on social media and I'm like I've never done the cleanup I will say I should clean up my friends list but I'm like weird about it and I'm like I feel bad like why should I un, why should I unfriend this person? Do you feel person? bad
2: when you have to defriend people? Yeah, I don't I'm <laughs> like I'm like
0: what if they take it personal or something? But what I do do is people I'll get these people who will friend me and then and and, and back to another point with social media I've said this before. Mm-hmm. Rules of about etiquette If you post a picture of yourself on your page, I don't get to tell you what you post on your. Everybody has a right to post whatever the hell they want on their page. However, if you're gonna show, share political posts, articles, or any kind of like judgmental rants, if I see that shit, I you are inviting me to share my opinion. In my opinion, just like if I post something, you and it shows up in your timeline, by all means, I'm I'm an I'm an idiot if I think that. If I have to post something that you have to see and you don't get to comment on it. To me, it's just a dumb concept of like, oh you don't like getting mad at people for, for having mm-hmm. commentary on, on opinion, things that are opinion related. Cause it's like, like what is
1: if... it on a public forum? you don't know what to tell you. Exactly. <laughs> so I think, I think, exactly.
0: I think let, that let.
2: if you posted it, I don't even care if it's your own picture. If you posted it, people will have access to it. And when people have access to it, people can respond to it. I think that's the whole point of social media. If you don't want it out there, then don't put it out. But I think for me, that's why I'm very, very, talk about etiquette. I'm very, very careful about it because I think about my own profession and so nowadays you do know that depending on what profession you get into um people can actually look at your your social media and hire you or not hire you based upon what's in your social media what comes up they can google you they Mm -hmm. can go to your facebook they can go to your snapchat and be like oh no
0: that's a whole other that's a whole (laughs) we're going to touch on that minute because it's a whole other discussion but um finishing the previous point is just that you know i started I'll deliberately and tag. I'll be like, I'm gonna make you block me first, and I play this game with myself. If I can make you block me, I win. And there apparently there is other people are there that are hip to that. They're like, feel free to block me. And I've been like, well, you friend requested me, so you. I don't. I don't block people, so you can block me if you want. And you'll see, it's funny because there is a, it, clearly there's other people who share that 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 egotistic that thing, whatever it is that we're i have two first. yeah we'll be like well we're just not gonna block each other <laughs> we're just gonna debate away
2: it's like when you're staring at someone in person that would be equivalent to you not blocking each other i ain't
0: scared to debate with people though either i ain't scared to debate with anybody <laughs> and if you prove me wrong with facts hey i'll own it um if you start this repeating stupidity i might start uh, you might get roasted on my page As some people have learned If you come with, with stupidity You're gonna get roasted um, I, I do require people To be respectful to an extent Like in other words I don't like people calling each other names Or threatening each other on my page But uh, you know A healthy debate a, 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 An intense debate is fine And if you say some stupid stuff That warrants a, a reaction to that It's fine But uh, yeah So anyway that's that that's that with the whole like blocking thing so but you raise. wait what's that
2: well no i i talk about like the whole blocking thing so i had a friend who you know i can't even find her now right i don't think she has a facebook because her thing is and i don't think we cover this when we discuss dating um in the media world or the digital world um I thought it was very interesting that a friend of mine refuses to create a Facebook account or any, like, social media account because she doesn't want her own boyfriend to create. Well, at that time, her boyfriend, a.k.a. now her husband, um, she didn't want him to also create one because she didn't want it to be, like, a form of, like, flirting or, (laughs) like, a
1: potential, That's
0: that's a whole other issue. So I just thought, like... That's a whole other issue. I mean, we talked about it on the date. That's this. That's insecurity in your relationship, and 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 you're just looking at social. If. It, anybody who has a problem with that and thinks that way social media ain't the only issue in their <laughs> relationship they're gonna they they got yeah, it, they got go they got some your, issues going go on see a social some, media yeah, <laughs> they got some de- they got that's just attached to a problem that's already there and social media just has to be happens to be one more thing that they 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 are uh, attached but you
2: in the, but even in the dating world talk about like you know filtering and all of that that people actually do use that as like I'm going to go search. Like, I've, you know, when I used to do the online dating thing, people would actually search you in Facebook and Instagram and quickly ask you, can I have your Instagram? I'm like, no. Like, you just hollered at me today, whatever, via whatever app. And it's like, no, I don't want you to have my Instagram. And then still search you and somehow find you, even though you don't use your name in it, and find you. And then request you. It's
0: a little stalker. Yeah. (laughs) It's like... You know, but the thing is, I realize different people, it's it's like I say with many things, different strokes for different folks, different people, just like different people operate in their personal lives, different ways. Social media is the same way. Different people use social media different ways. Some people are on social, will get on their social media like once a week or once a month or whatever and there's other people who are on it all day long and (laughs) everything in between there's some people who only use their social media for professional reasons and don't put anything personal on there and then there's other people who only use it for personal reasons and don't use it for and then there's people in between that would do, do it all in one I do a little bit of mix of a both I have learned to limit I have limited the amount of things about my family that I share on social media over the last couple of years. I've gotten a little more conservative with how much information that I put out. Mm-hmm. I still do share some stuff with my family about what's go- with me and my kids and what whatnot, but not too much. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm like, I'm like, all right, this is the amount that I'll share about us with you guys to stay connected. And there's a lot that I'm not going to share. That's uh, that we're just going to keep for us um and back to what you're saying about etiquette a point i was going to make about opinions so to me etiquette is this if you post a picture of yourself or what your picture looks like or whatever i don't have a right to tell you anything about it like oh you shouldn't post pictures like that or you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that if i want to like the picture or say G- good looking or looking great or something like that like That's whatever. But what I'm saying is if it's a picture of yourself or you want to post a quote or something or something like those are things that I'm like, all right, your page, you post what you want, whatever. Now, if you post something political, like I said, or something philosophical or something interactive Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that warrant that raises the debate, then I'm going to say my opinion on it. Like if you if I see you post some article that I know is a fake news article and I know is saying something false, I am going to point out to you. If we are friends on social media, I'm gonna do my, I'm gonna let you know. Hey, guess what? That's actually not true. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to debate with me about it, or you want to continue the conversation, or whatever, or you're like what don't want me to comment anymore, and you tell me not, then block me or whatever. But I'm just letting you know that that's the case, and, and vice versa on my page. But um. You had mentioned, you know, this was another thing we have that has been taught up is brought up and is a hot topic now with social media and that's work employment. Yeah. Is it is should employers be able to look at your social media and factor that into the hiring process?
2: So not even in the hiring process, but in the process of you being in that particular profession so i had a I had one of my good friends who changed who deliberately changed her name in um uh, in Facebook because her employer had accessed her Facebook and was like in, you know we're you know obviously we put up a lot of political stuff and you know she's we're more towards the left side of the political spectrum and um, her employer told her you really can't have that account Da and they were basically threatening to get rid of her because of her political leanings based on her facebook account so she winds up changing her last name and then she was very upset about it but then i also had a we had a um she's not, he's not really a teacher but one of the outside um you know person i'm not going to mention the name but this person basically leads one of the school teams that we had like an after school school team that we had and apparently he had very inappropriate things in his you know instagram account and so my Principal had spotted all of that and basically decided. You know, beyond other you know sort of complaints from students, had decided to let go of this particular person. So for me, I'm like, okay. So to what I, and and I've always been sort of aware of it. I guess because I I feel like as a teacher, you're almost like always like a public. You're a public servant, mm-hmm. and so you're gonna be looked at in you know a public way at all times and. I think that now a lot of employers are actually using sh- social media to kind of take a look at that. Like, should we hire you? Not hire you? But beyond that, are we going to keep you based upon what's in your social media? Hmm. So I think that's always interesting. I mean, I don't know. You're in a different field, Matt. You're in, you know, in in the media world. Like, would that be something that they look at, considering that that's always you know going to be out there and publicly? Uh, you know, Maddie, I don't know. You're in school now, so you're probably thinking about like some kind of careers and well, things that you have. If
1: they look at. They don't do it routinely at my job, but I do know like when we were going through the handbook, when I was first getting um, hired, they told, they tell you be careful of what you post cause you represent our company.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I guess that means like if you're ever reported for something, they do have the right to search you up and look at their right. discretion. And in my eyes, it's like if it's not something that affects the way you do your job, then it's not really their business.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like if, For example your friend who is posting left-leaning stuff that's not really their business right but the guy who was posting inappropriate things on top of things that other students were saying right that's a little bit different because it's obviously affecting his work Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i i i agree with what maddie has said like for me personally i think i think there should be led to the extent that there should be legislation that should not allow i don't believe employers should be allowed to factor your social media into the hiring process
1: mm-hmm. like
0: unless there's only one exception i'm saying if you if your social media if you have a personal facebook page a personal twitter account a personal like your personal thing mm-hmm. i don't believe employers should be able to factor in whatever's on there mm-hmm. it's like like they shouldn't however if you are a teacher a police officer some kind of public, public ser- where you're a public servant it's mm-hmm. a little different because if you're a public servant then you should have two separate accounts like in the case you mentioned if this person's an educator and you got a public and students are following you and can see this stuff right. then yeah you're an idiot because you why are you letting students follow you you know what i mean I'm like
1: sure that's illegal actually like you can't At least in my state, you cannot be friends with your students until they're graduated.
2: Well, I was in the midst of, so the crazy thing is, like, talk about, like, the, you know, the digital world. I was in the midst of that in my beginning of my career because when I first started, that wasn't, like, a big thing to, like, obviously friend your students or whatever. But then later on, but I was always very cautious even in, like, you know, not digitally, but even in, like, a real-life situation. Like, I wouldn't want to be friends with my students until, like... I've seen you probably you now. I was saying after you've actually graduated. So I've always been very careful about that. But even when like Facebook and all of that started, for me, the only reason why I actually started a new account, which was not my personal account. Like, I have my own personal account and I have my my teaching account. Mm-hmm. And the teacher one was really created because I really did have a lot of students. you know teaching in the Bronx. You have a lot of students who don't show up to school, and the only way you can track them or they go missing, like literally missing. Um, and the only way you can track them down is through social media. And so that's why I created, but I'm always very, very careful about how I friend the students like I've owned. I have a couple of students in my personal account who are already graduated, not even just graduated high school, but they graduated college. That's the only way that I would friend them. So for me, that's my own sort of, my own roles for myself as a teacher but not everyone actually follows that because I did see I do have like other teacher friends who have their teacher account and would have students in their own account and that I'm just like yes yeah, that's spreading ah, yeah, yeah. into some other issues
0: yeah I I definitely if I, I don't think an educator should have their students as friends on their personal page but it makes perfect sense it does make perfect sense for an educator to make a professional profile and be mm-hmm. friends with us because it makes, it, it. you're right, you stay up on what's going on with your students, you can interact, but that one is specifically, and you manage it in a professional manner. Right. Now, if you had that account, and then you go posting <laughs> political beliefs and things like that on there, then you're asking for trouble. But your personal page, someone's personal page, mm-hmm. unless, and, 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 and don't get it twisted, if you are a racist or a bigot and you say some bigoted shit, Again, and, and somebody into... screenshots your shit and shares it, and you get fired because of it, I don't feel bad for you because you you right. you show that you were a, uh, a a racist or you're a big, and now and 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 now you are making that company work for look like look I let a, a racist or a bigot work here. So if you're gonna put out hate speech, that's a different speech. Uh, again,
1: that goes into it. Obviously, affects how you do your job because how are you going to serve people? How are you going to serve everybody equally if you're posting something that's prejudiced?
0: Exactly. Right? Now, if it's your religious beliefs, your political beliefs, whatever, that's off limits. It's your personal page. You post what you want, and unless you work in a de- now, once again, it depends on the field you're in. There are certain fields with that are exceptions, mm-hmm. but most fields. There's people that work at banks and like, like, like I've heard of job where they're like looking at people's social medias and I'm like, what the hell do they have to look at their social media for? And in my profession, like I don't think any I, I've never had an employer look at my social media that I know of. And I mean my I mean I'm friends with a lot of my colleagues and I'm freelance, so like they have access to it, but. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's a factor. I don't think it's ever a factor in the hiring process, but I know that I've heard that there's fields where it is.
2: I do know certain corporate like companies that actually do look at so and I think it's part of their hiring like they'll tell you when you fill up applications and things like that that it's like oh we're going to check out a b and c so even in the medical world I do know some medical students when they were in the process of actually going into their residency that they would start shutting down some social media forms that they have or change names because they know that the hospitals would actually look at their you know their profiles or whatnot so I think it does play a role but Again, it's almost like if someone's looking at your resume, would they not hire you because of your name or whatever? I don't know. I just think there's, because I guess it's such a new sort of form of technology that there's, I mean, you're right that there's probably some kind of legislation that has to come into place. But unless a group of people actually put pressure in that and say, you know what, that's actually discriminatory to do that or, you know, use that as a platform, then I think that's the only way that they would actually, you know, put some kind of, yeah, laws about that because they I mean I, it, it can be discriminatory to say that like oh you're left-wing leaning so we can't hire you or whatever
0: you know or or right wing leaning uh, either yes, way absolutely either, either way. way um and it happens like like I said people uh you know and then it comes into that that factor with social media where we'll, we, we had discussed in our identity politics uh episode and I'll and I'll t- and I'll say what I could call modern identity politics um, because the people get lumped into categories like people automatically assume you're this or you're that you make one post about this or you make one post about that or you bring this then out now some people like box you in and like you're a liberal because you or you must be a right wing like, like depending on because of one post that you thing that you post um and you know to that degree i kind of think that's why at the end of the day though like i'm very big on individual responsibility like i don't i'm not big on this whole like you know blame society for the way everybody blame
2: technology (laughs) yeah
0: no but i'm just saying like if you're too dumb to realize how you're supposed to use something like that shouldn't be you know i feel like certain things are just Darwinism, survival of the fittest. If you can't function under certain conditions, then, you know.
2: Or that at the end of the day, I think with social media, the same way that, like, when things had changed with the, you, you know, the computer age, the digital world, and all of that, that because things are still ever changing, things are, you know, still evolving, that. You know, there's always that time period when people are like, Oh, shoot, is this good for us? Is this not good for us when we're talking about societal change and impact? Right. But the reality is, at the end of the day, it is still human's responsibility to figure out societal responsibility to figure out how do you become responsible for a lot of these things. And I think, even for the young people who are constantly in, you know, using social media, there are different ways that it can be used. It can go against a you know, political agenda or you can go for a political agenda. I do know that in Egypt, for example, in, in the spring of the revolution... Social media was the be, you know the basic platform that they used that or in a political world when they thinking about like you know how do we publicize something how do we ensure that people know but like even with Black Lives Matter, for example, how do we ensure that people are very much aware of what's happening within the black community and how people are getting killed then they use social media as a form to do that and I think and even in the in Obama's um in Obama's presidency, he was the one who was very very good in actually using social media in order to win his election. So I think there is a way. To have a balance between, like, what's the responsible use of it, and what's the irresponsible use of it, or you know, how does that sort of like detriment a particular group or society?
0: Yeah, and it kind of, that, I think that's like everything in life that all good things can be bad things if misused. Uh, I personally feel like social media is a huge tool for us in our democracy and our way of life, and with getting information out there. But I think we're in a danger of that being threatened with some of the new policies. Um, and we, you know, we did a whole episode about like fake news and stuff like that, and people and and the clickbait and whatnot. But, uh, in the age of information, but you know, I think most people, I don't think as many people are actually stupid as behave choose to be stupid. I think a lot of people. I think in America, our privilege has. A lot of people giving people the privilege to choose to be dumb when they don't, when they're really not dumb people, but they choose to be dumb because they can afford to be dumb mm-hmm. and not take the time to educate themselves. However, I think that having the tool to get this information out there, the certain information out there for social media is also effective because. I think a lot of people have learned a lot of things through social media. A lot of minds have been changed. A lot of facts. A lot of things have been brought to light that people would not see if it weren't for social media. And we, we talked about it in the Age of Information. Like, social media changed the way news covers things. Mm-hmm. Like, social issues that just didn't get covered like all this stuff that was happening like it's, it's why you know and once again we've not to beat a dead horse we've talked about this before but why so many of the people were like you know Obama was the most divisive president ever and really what is no you it says you're not used to having a a black person in office to, to just be honest and B, someone who actually directly addresses race issues that white America for so long just pretended like it didn't happen because the news didn't report on the shit that happened. Mm. Like, the police police shootings against people of color...
2: Have been in existence. Forever. Yeah.
0: And it was worse. even, It, it yeah. was even worse. Well, before. the inception of NYPD it, was that.
2: It's
0: just that social media forced these things to be put to light. In the state of Florida, the racial injustices there were a thing forever. But what happened with Trayvon Martin is because the BuzzFeed and social media putting that out there, the level they did, it forced the mainstream media to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And I honestly credit the fact that media, mainstream media, even even though they should do more, they're they're still not democracy now. They're not free speech outlets that that will go after stories that are uncool, that will offend their sponsors. But they do report on shit that they didn't used to report on, especially when it comes to race relations.
2: And at the end of the day, it is the only. I think that any form of social media will be the only form that actually younger people can actually st- stay informed, right? Like this is no different when bring your press started, who can read, who can access those those type of um, information. And I think even with the younger people, and this is why for me, it's always important as a teacher, teaching high school students, it's always important to you know kind of keep track what is it that students are using, what is it that young people are using, because it's the only way that they would listen and stay informed. And I think that, you know, when we think about social media, that is a way for them to keep informed. That is a way for them to be like, oh, okay, you know, this is what's happening around the world. So, whether they use it for like the personal use of like validation or whatnot, there's also other people out there, other younger people out there that would use it in the context of, you know, staying informed, staying, um, you know, staying aware of what's happening around the world. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. We are, we gotta wrap up. We're coming, we're coming. Let's that that show went, it, went that yeah. went quick, it did. that went fast. Uh,
2: so if you are looking to tell us about your opinion, suggestions and whatnot, we definitely want to. I mean, this is one topic that we thought had like a lot of things going on. This is probably why we went on with it. Um, but if you do have ideas, suggestions, feedback for us, please do email us at tillitruthradio.com, T-I-L-I, truthradio at gmail.com. And also follow us in Facebook, send us a message, let us know your thoughts and other ideas that you do have for our next show. And once again, we do want to thank Maddie for actually being in the show. She's not just our social media person, but she's actually,
1: she is part of our show. So
0: Yes. Maddie, what, other, what do we got? We got Facebook,
1: we have Facebook. We have Twitter. Um, we do have Instagram. And we can also be reached over the email.
0: Okay. Cool. And what what are we at? Teeley. What's our Instagram? At
1: Lee Truth Radio for both Instagram and Twitter.
0: Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Telling It Like It Is is produced by myself, Matt Ely. Veronica Ely, Zara Vignola. Special thanks to Maddie Ely for handling our social media and for being on the show today. She, I guess now she's, yeah. gonna, she's a co host, she, yes. and she's starting to help <laughs> co produce to, to, to a degree as well. Um, We are not Democrats. We're not Republicans. We're not conservatives. We're not liberals. We are realists, and we're always telling it like it is.